This is Dr. Jonathan Shaw. I want to thank you for tuning in to Crown Ministries Podcast today. We hope that this message transforms you and encourages you to pursue God's presence in a greater way. Enjoy the message. It was this game called life. I was doing a workshop, facilitating a workshop uh, for my uh, company, GPA, earlier, and um, I, I told one of the students, he, uh, I he said, um, you, what is this about this game called life? And, and people were always saying, uh, uh, life is not a game. I said, they lie to you because life is a game. Because someone is making the rules, and according to the rules, you need to adjust so you can play. I was watching uh, last... September, excuse me, September, yes. I went to my nephew's football game and uh, uh, he plays for Raritan High School in New Jersey, one of the top ranked schools. And uh, they were playing and they were beating this team bad. I mean, just whooping on them. By halftime, the score was 21 to seven. They had a good lead, they had a good lead. To some of you, you would say the game is over. But then I looked to my wife, I said, I've watched too many football. I've, I've watched too much competition to know that this game is not over. There's more, there's a whole half that needs to be played. And um, if this coach is not careful, he'll forfeit this game. And at the end of the game, uh, my nephew's school lost the game 41 to 30. What happened was uh, the other coach made adjustments. Uh, he came in the second half, and what he did was he took away what Raritan did well. So they were running the ball effectively. Both the running back and the quarterback knew how to run. So what they did was they took away their strengths and made adjustments and forced the quarterback to throw the ball. In forcing him to throw the ball, he doesn't have a strong arm. So uh, anytime he felt pressure and he wanted to go right and someone was there, he wanted to go left and someone was there, he now has to throw the ball. So the coach just dared him, please, my friend, throw the ball. And with one interception after the other, uh, the other team, the opposing team, now uh, began to score both on offense and defense. It's not because uh, the opposing team was better because truth be told my nephew's team was superior in talent but the team that was inferior in talent simply made an adjustment they made a second half adjustment to take away their strengths and do something different on offense which your team cannot stop may I propose something to you it doesn't matter how inferior you are physically or intellectually to people all you've got to do is take time and make adjustments because when you make simple adjustments, your inferiority means nothing to your adjustment. Your adjustment, adjustment outweighs your inferiority. As a matter of fact, the more inferior you are, the more adjustments you got to make. And in making adjustments, you can take away things from the enemy that he has no idea what's coming. Somebody say, make the adjustment. Them boys got what they only scored three points in the second half uh, while the other team scored over 30 uh, just by making an adjustment. 
I played football in high school and I played uh, in college and in college I was hurt. I, I was a free safety uh, and I got hurt on a tackle where um, I hurt my neck. I wound up with a bulge disc in my neck. This was 10 years ago. This was 2009 and from 2009 until now I have issues in my neck and my back. I have spinal issues and finally somebody referred me to a chiropractor. And the chiropractor uh, said what the doctors didn't tell you and what physical therapy didn't tell you was that you don't even need surgery. Uh, you need an adjustment. Uh, your spinal cord uh, is not properly aligned uh, and needs to be adjusted to its original state. Uh, oh God, how, 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 how do I say this? Uh, you need an adjustment. And what he told me was that uh, all of this time, what's happened was uh, the bulging disc uh, was affecting your nerves uh, and your body made its own adjustment that's why you're in so much pain and discomfort because we are fearfully and wonderfully made and what you don't do to your body your body would do to itself he said your body over time has adjusted to the misalignment of the disc wherefore causing you so much discomfort and pain you ever notice me sitting there i'm constantly moving and uh, doing all of this because I'm uncomfortable uh, because my body has made adjustment to trauma inflicted 10 years ago. Uh, can I pause right there? Uh, some of us are still dealing with trauma uh, from 10, 15 years ago uh, and we're not uncomfortable because of what happened last year or even last week. Uh, most of our discomfort uh, is from trauma that happened years years ago and what happened was we've made internal adjustments if we don't align and properly identify what's wrong we will subconsciously make adjustments and what happens when you subconsciously make adjustments you don't know what's misaligned so you're nasty not because you was raised that way because subconsciously you've adjusted and you're misaligned you mismanaged money not because uh, you were raised that way uh, but things happened uh, trauma financially and subconsciously you uh, adjusted but you're misaligned he said to me he said we have to align your spine back to its original state we don't have to do anything new. He put up a chart. He said, this is what your spine should look like. Our goal is to keep making adjustments until your body recognizes it's not the trauma speaking, but it's the adjustment speaking. And what happens is when we come to church, we're constantly making adjustments till no longer our trauma is speaking, no longer our past is speaking, but who's doing the adjustment is speaking. And what's happening is our past speaks louder than our God. We've allowed our trauma to speak uh, more volumes uh, than the one making the adjustment. Where's what's important? Uh, you have to trust the one making the adjustments. You can't put your adjustments uh, in just anybody's hand. Uh, because uh, if you put your adjustment in the wrong person's hand, uh, you can compromise your spine uh, and become 
paralyzed. And what's happened is in church, we've got so many churches and so many people that's left their soul in the wrong adjuster's hand. That's why when you came to Crown Ministries, you've been so excited and say, what is going on? And you still can't even comprehend what this thing. Oh, you've been properly adjusted. And too many souls are being paralyzed by the wrong adjuster. If the chiropractor messes up and cracks the wrong thing, I can be paralyzed. So I've got to trust the one doing the adjustment. So it behooves you to be here at 10 o'clock because at 10 o'clock we could just be on C1. Oh God, by our prayer, we're just at C1. But if you're coming in during the offering, sis, we're on C6. So your C2, 3, 4, and 5 has missed the adjustment that was made during pre-service prayer. So it behooves you to get here on time to be properly adjusted. I was affected in my C6 spinal cord so he didn't need to adjust C1, 2, 3 or 4 he had to target C6 and what prayer does is expose what needs to be adjusted what praise and worship does I wish I was in crown what praise and worship does is expose what needs to be adjusted so by the time bishop gets up and should just preach he has to now come on lift your hand church and because I need to see and expose what needs to be adjusted he said it prayer and worship exposes we are spiritual crackheads because we sit and wait for someone to feed us something when we can simply feed ourselves if you can pray on your own and worship God in your that's why it's called devotion oh God if you come to church on a thousand Pastor Sabrina you can already expose yourself what needs to be adjusted that's why when you get here you know what needs to be adjusted and you get to the alter yourself encourage yourself junkie somebody shout adjustment it's an adjustment it's an adjustment I wish I could it's an adjustment but if you don't expose it you think you need surgery when you simply need an adjustment He told me, he said, bro, if you get surgery, uh, uh, it'll do more harm than good. Uh, because initially, it may give you some initial comfort, uh, but there's too many compromises. Once we open you up uh, and try to realign the disc, uh, down the line, uh, you do more damage than will do good. So you've been to some places where, so, ha, ha, come here, ha, ha, ho, ha. you've been slapped upside the head and they're trying to do all this surgery on you. You don't need all that. You just need an adjustment. 
don't trip when people start quickening and uh, they feel the Holy Ghost and that it's an adjustment. Why do you think? Uh, well, oh, God, help me. Having my own adjustment. Let me move on. Chiropractic adjustment is defined as the manual or mechanical manipulation of a joint, especially the spine, in which a controlled force is applied to the joint. So you need, ah, there's the key. You've had forces applying pressure. You've had forces apply. That's why you got to be careful where you go to church. You've had for every church is not spiritual every church don't have the Holy Ghost every some churches are filled with witches warlocks and demons so those forces are uncontrollable the forces are all over the place but when you get to a Holy Ghost filled church you've got a control force applying pressure on the right place it's controlled it's controlled. It's under control. That's why when churches for hours and hours, you still shouting and dancing and bucking, that's uncontrolled. You come on, you still running around and rip for an hour, that's uncontrolled. Where is the message? Where is the discipline? Where is the come up? Where is the control? We can shout all day. We can dance all day, and I love it. That's part of my culture. We can do all that, but at some point, we need to have some control to properly adjust what's going on because in 2019 we are some bugged out people let me just be honest we we've got issues we've been through trauma we've come on here therapy we've got some things and we're not under a controlled house we'll go out there pre preaching a perverted gospel Adjustment is defined as the process of adapting or becoming used to a new situation. It is a correction or modification to reflect actual conditions. That means there are some conditions that are in place. There are some, um, how do I put this? You don't always control your condition. You can be born into a condition. You can be raised into a condition. Come on here. Let's talk about life and some life adjustments. Life has so many adjustments. We've all been through grade school. And going from one grade to another requires adjustment. Because what you got away with in first grade through fifth grade, you can't get away with in sixth grade. Because you've gone from primary school to now middle school so the requirements of you has come up so you can't go from middle school to high school and not make an adjustment because the requirements have come up you've got to raise your level of discipline and maturity we go from one grade to another and constantly have to make adjustments anybody moved in here have you ever been through oh god i hate moving because moving forget let's pass the physical labor moving requires so much adjustment because moving you now have to change the address on your id and in doing so you've got to go to the d m v 
demonic movement of viruses. You've got to go to the DMV and wait online and deal with rude and nasty people. Oh God, just to change a filthy address on your ID. Come on somebody. Moving requires adjustment. You've got to change your address. You've, uh, if you've got kids, you've got to find out where you're going to put them in school. Moving requires adjustment. Your transportation may be different. If you used to take the L train, maybe now you got to take the 4 and the L. If you used to take the A, now you probably got to take the A, B, C, D, and all them stinking letters. Come on here. If you used to drive without toll, now you've got to drive, put gas in your tar, and put toll on your easy pass. There are so many adjustments that come with moving. Somebody say it's an adjustment. Higher education is an adjustment. If you've ever been to higher ed education, if you've been to college, uh, uh, you now go from, you see in grade school, they tell you what your schedule is. Your, your guidance counselor just gives you a schedule. This is what you have, first period, third period, and eighth period. But once you get to higher education, you now have to choose your own classes. You're responsible of your schedule from the time you wake up to the time you go to sleep. It's all on you. If you miss registration period, it's all on you. If you don't go to class, watch this. Ain't nobody calling your house. It's all on on you it's an adjustment especially as a freshman because you now exposed to this whole new world of freedom this whole new world of doing what you want to do when you want to do it how you want to do it but at some point you realize I need to make an adjustment because now time management is oh god all right so in college, you need to make an adjustment. You see, I, it's likened unto owning your own business. If you ever want to know a little bit about owning your own business, just go to college for a semester. You make your own schedule. You do things when you want and how you want to do it. But the production, Sister Robin, it's based on the work you put in. There's no hourly rate. There's no comp time. You only reap what you sow. You only get back the transactions of which you put in. Come on, somebody. Any business owners in here? If you don't work, you don't eat. If you don't go to class, you demote yourself. If you business ownership is likened unto going to college it's an adjustment and the big thing now in business and companies is something called merger companies are merging because they've adjusted to the times they realize if we come together we can do more together than we do apart but even merging big companies is an adjustment because you now have two entities that are now coming together so now you have these personalities clashing with these personalities and there's a period before they just launch they have a period called the adjustment period where they take time to learn each other what works best not just for you but for both of us and uh, the greatest illustration uh, uh, for business, they've likened it unto marriage. <sighs> marriage is
an adjustment. Settle down, Pastor. We want to settle down. Settle down. Yes. Marriage is an adjustment. It's the greatest reward, but it takes such an adjustment because you've got two separate entities merging together. You are used to doing things one way. She's used to doing things another way. And the problem is both ways work for the individual. Both ways work by yourself. But there is a way that works for the two. And somebody's got to compromise their way for the betterment of the marriage. What makes more sense? It's not about how you feel. It's about what makes more sense. If what makes more sense contradicts how you feel, you need to sit down how you feel and go for what makes more sense. So compromise on both ends. Male, female, husband, wife. Both have to adjust. Because you're used to, when you want to go somewhere, you just get up and go. The homie calls, we going somewhere, cool. You just get up and go. I was talking to my bro the other day that just got married, and I said, how's, how's it going? How are you guys uh, 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 coping? He said, bro, this is an adjustment. He said, I'm used to getting out my house, getting in my car, and just going where I need to go when I need to go. He said, the problem now is when I do that, sometimes it conflicts with what she had in mind. When I just get up and go, she had something scheduled for the both of us, and I didn't communicate what I was doing. She didn't communicate what we was doing. So we both have our own agendas, and now we're fighting over something that just needs to be communicated. It's an adjustment. It's not asking permission. It's simply communicating. On this day, I need to do X. Y, Z, is there anything on the schedule? That, my friends, is an adjustment. Amen. Somebody shout adjustment. Sharing space, gosh, I gotta go, is an adjustment. Because hmm, how I like doing things is, if I leave my towel here, if I go away, I should have no fear of me coming back. And it's, it's not there. Initially, you can text her. We've had this conversation. Initially, my thought naturally is, I misplaced it. 
I could have sworn I put this right here. So naturally, Dale, what did you do? I could have sworn I put, and I'm looking, you're looking, looking. Where did that, Dale, you gotta, you gotta do better. And to find out someone took it and didn't put it back. where it should be, or where you found it. <sighs> that took me an adjustment. Because what I never communicated was a pet peeve of mine is not finding things where I left it. Communication is an adjustment. So I then had to realize, uh-uh, that's nobody's fault but mine. What you don't communicate, you shouldn't expect. Don't expect what you don't communicate because you're getting angry of what you didn't verbalize. How am I supposed to expect that? I had to come to grips with that, but it took a little uh, adjustment. Marriage is an adjustment. Uh, even now, uh, uh, having children, Jesus, holy Christmas, is an adjustment. Because beyond, uh, I'm going to talk about your kids, beyond uh, communicating with your partner, you now have to schedule everything around, uh, oh gosh, your creation. Because guess what? Ain't nobody create them kids but you. So whenever you got to go somewhere, before you say yes, you've got, who's going to watch these babies? Who's going to watch? Look at the ones I called. They're like, yep. Uh-huh. Who's going to, how are we going to, okay, can one of us go? Do both of us need to be there? Because if both of us need to be here, we got to figure out who is going to watch babies. One thing I'm learning in this adjustment is my time is always subject to interruption. I'm no longer my own. My time, here's the greatest adjustment I made this month. My time is no longer subject to my own. I have to be open to constant interruption. We had a leadership meeting here, was, was it last month? And when I tell you, I thought I did it. Somebody was watching the girls. We adjusted our schedules. We were good to go. We wake up, and these little children, both caught the flu that morning. So mind you, they're at my mother's house in Brooklyn. We live all the way in the Bronx. We scheduled our time to get here 30 minutes ahead of time. Instead, I had to go to my mother's house, drop Dawn off here so at least one of us could be here on time, go to urgent care, listen to both of them whine, listen to both of them struggle, and miss about, what, two hours of what was already scheduled. And there it hit me. My time is subject to interruption. 
And whoever has a problem with it, they don't have to answer to me. They got to answer to God because I'm responsible to what I said yes to. I'm solely responsible to what I say yes to and what I create. So my time is subject to interruption. In the Bible, oh my gosh, the greatest image of Christ's love for the church is marriage. And if you look throughout scripture, he's constantly marrying those he called with their purpose. If you look at Abraham, he told Abraham, leave your father's house and go to a place. Where am I going? What am I about to do? Interruption. Amen. He now has to adjust his schedule. Uh, for he has to adjust his time and his way of thinking. This is somebody who grew up in the land of Ur, a land of many gods. So now I go from worshiping the gods of my father to the God that speaks. Oh, God, to worshiping the gods that I've heard of, to worshiping the God that I hear. That's an adjustment because all my life I move based on what they told me. But now I move based on what he said. Oh, my God. That's why it's hard for some of us Christians to go with God because I know what I've been taught. But I'm hearing something else in my spirit and I'm conflicted about which way to go. Abraham had to make an adjustment. Joseph had to make an adjustment. He went from favorite to most hated. He went from the child that was adorned in his father's robe to being the child, the brother that all his brothers hate. Come on here. So I see glory, but now I'm in a pit. He had to make constant adjustments and still get to where he needs to go. Moses was called at four. Are y'all following me? Moses was called come on here to lead his people out of Egypt so you're calling me to take people out of where I'm coming from I grew up here I understand the language I'm educated and I'm rich so you want me to go from excess to not enough just to save you oh gosh can you imagine the mental adjustment he had to make Elisha had his own business and had to drop everything to follow Elijah. I can give you so many scriptures and so many examples from the Bible. But what sums it up is paying pilots promotion. Everyone that I've na named, everyone that I will name had to make an adjustment. And adjustments can be painful when it's caused by promotion. Adjustments can be painful when it's caused. It is the pain is a pilot for promotion because not all adjustments you make willingly sometimes those adjustments are painful if we look in our text we look at our uh, example I'm almost through Paul made adjustments this was a man that was well educated this was a man that was a citizen of Rome this was a man that had high status and then scales fell from his eyes you go from somebody that sees what you want takes what you want and now have to go blind for a period of time so God can adjust how you see things God can now adjust your perspective because you're gonna go from killing Christians to now raising Christians it was an adjustment 
if we look in our text, Philippians chapter 4, he says, uh, but I, he's, uh, okay, so he writes a letter to the Philippians. He's imprisoned uh, now, and he writes a letter to a church that he fathered or established 10 years ago. He says, but I rejoiced in the Lord. Greatly now, at last your care for me has flourished. I rejoiced in the Lord. They've given him a gift, but he says, I rejoice in the Lord. He's received the gift from the people, but his rejoice is in the Lord. He's been given some kind of relief, but his rejoice. Let me help you, church folks. Whomever you address, make sure you address them rejoicing in the Lord. Because it doesn't matter who God brings to bless you. You've got to remember whom is blessing you because we sometimes worship the creation and neglect the creator because when he says i rejoiced in the lord means i can stir up my own praise and remember who's been keeping me this whole time but your care for me has flourished again though you surely did care but you lacked opportunity He's speaking to people who at one point uh, couldn't help him. Uh, he acknowledged and understood there was a season and time I needed y'all and y'all couldn't do it. I'm not holding that against y'all. I knew that y'all couldn't do it. Uh, but this time it has flourished or blossomed, uh, which means, uh, oh God, uh, which means that the gift is beautiful or bountiful. Uh, help me somebody. Help me turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, this time when God sends someone to bless you it's going to be bountiful I wish I had somebody that would receive this uh, this time uh, is going to be bountiful God is sending some people to you uh, that uh, they're not going to be strangers uh, they're people that's familiar uh, because at one point they wanted to give you but just couldn't oh you ever had somebody say I wish I could Mm, I wish I could sow into you right now. If I had it, I'd give it. If I'd had it, I'd bless. This is the season where those who would have done it, they're going to do it. This is the season where the shoulda, couldas is going to blossom. This is, it's not coming from strangers. It's not coming from people you don't know. It's coming from familiar places who would have done it before. Now they've got the opportunity to bless you not that I speak in regard to need it's not that I need it for I have learned I have learned in whatever state I am I have learned to properly understand this text you need to understand its root word the Greek word for learned is matanios or math. There's a math term called adjustment method. It is a method in which uh, the solution of a stationary problem is regarded as the, watch this, steady state limit solution. I'll repeat it again. Uh, it is the solution, excuse me, it's a method in which the solution of a stationary problem is regarded as the steady state limit solution. In other words, making an adjustment brings stability to a problem that ain't going nowhere no time soon. So to make an adjustment simply means I find a solution to give me balance. 
I find a way to stay afloat in something uh, I had no control over to begin with. Uh, I find the balance uh, between this rocky, wavy season. Uh, I find an adjustment uh, is simply getting your bearings in order and finding balance. Because this thing, once you assess it, I don't know when this is going away. I don't know when I'm getting out of this. I don't know when I'll be delivered from this. But while I'm here, I might as well make the adjustment. You get in the shower. Uh, contentment. I have learned or have adjusted in whatever state I am to be content. To be content. See, contentment is all often mistaken for complacency. Contentment and complacency are not the same thing. To be content is having an understanding or an inner peace of where you are in your journey. It is not the end result of your journey. You see, you can still be in pursuit of your desires while content with what you have. You can still be in pursuit of your goals while acknowledging or gaining inner peace about where you have. You can be in pursuit of what God showed you and still have a balance of your current status. In other words, you can be single looking to get married. Come on here. But be content getting money by yourself. You can be, come on here. You can be at a job you don't like and find peace in that job but still pursuing opening your own business. You can be content but you can hate your place of residence and find peace in that place while still looking to buy a house. Contentment is not complacency. It's simply finding an inner peace and balance it's called the steady state solution I'm not going to die here this ain't the end result but I found my balance somebody shout adjustment on the flip side you can't be content while in pursuit excuse me on the flip side, if you can't be in content while in pursuit you reap a perverted version of what you're pursuing. If you cannot be content while in pursuit of what you want, you reap a perverted version of that which you are pursuing. Uh, and I put it like this. You can, you can tweet it. Uh, desire without contentment breeds desperation. Desire without contentment breeds desperation come on here if you desire to be married and never find contentment being on your own you would breed oh god you would breed a perverted version of that male that you want of that female that you want oh you'll get it desperately you'll get it but you get a desperate version and settle for something you don't even want if you desire to get off that job but never find contentment you get a perverted ver it may seem like it's a better opportunity but if you never find that inner peace you settle for anything and wake up to a beast that you didn't even ask for desire without contentment breeds desperation Content. Let's talk about the word content because the Latin word contentere means to hold 
and to stretch. Contents here, the root word, means to hold and to stretch. Which means when you are content, you have a balance of when to stay put and when to stretch out. God, I wish I was in church. To be content, you understand the difference between, oh God, I need to hold on to these coins. And I need to know when to sow and stretch out with these coins. You find in whatever state that you're in, in whatever that you're between or have a complex about, you can stand fast and hold or you can stretch out and make something happen because if you're anything like me you you know how to stretch I can find some money I I know where to get some money I can stretch I don't have to be in this position I know a few corners. I know a few poles. I know a few nightclubs. I know a few. Y'all look too. Come on here. Let's tell the truth. I know some ways where I can stretch and get what I need. But if I never find contentment, I don't have the balance to hold. Don't do it. The hold is that. Don't do it. Don't 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 do it. You want to stretch, but the contentment tells you don't do it. It's a balance between holding and stretching somebody said don't go to the pole don't 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 go to the pole you can pay off some things with the pole you can come on here you can get out of debt with the pole ask diamond diamond paid off college tuition with the pole i can do something but i'm I'm content. I'm content. I'm content. I'm flexible enough, but I'm content. I'm content. Somebody say, hold your peace. Contentment is to hold and to stretch at the same time and that's the internal struggle some of us deal with because we're constantly holding and stretching at the same time not knowing which one to follow but let me help you today follow the one oh gosh that gives you balance now unto him who is able and that's where I get my contentment from it's not from me it's not that I know how to do it it's not that I have the strength it's now unto him God I wish I it's him that I move live and have my being it is in him I find how to hold and that ladies and gentlemen took an adjustment if we can be honest this spiritual walk that we on, this uh, decisions that we could make and we didn't make them, that was an adjustment. Verse 12, let's move. Uh, am I, y'all all right? Y'all good? He says, I know, Paul is interesting, very interesting because I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. My Jew is educated, so he's crafty in his words. He knows what he's talking. I know how to obey. I know. 
This is key because what he's saying, anything you know, you're not thrown off by what differs. Anything that you know, you're not thrown off balance by the contrary. Anything that you know, you're sure of. And what he's saying, I know, I'm not, I won't be surprised. I'm not surprised by anything that comes to throw me off balance. It's not that I know it all. It's just that whatever is contrary to what I know can't throw me off balance. How to be a base. Somebody say a base. A base, the Greek word is tap in new style. Tap in new style. Tap it sounds like tap in. The Greek word is tap. I know how to tap in. I won't even go there. It's to lower in rank, office, or prestige. It is demotion by external forces or influence. Paul, remember, was a Roman citizen with status and education. Yet he was belittled in the same place where he held citizenship and status. He is saying, I know how to be low. I know, gosh, I will catch this later. Uh, I know how to be put down. I know what it's like to be stripped of something I once had. I know what it's like to used to have it and not have it anymore. I know what it's like to be addressed as Paul the citizen and to be addressed as Paul, come on here, the Benjamite. I know what it's like to be up, oh God, and to be stripped of something. One word that sums up a base is low. And what God wants me to tell you is that he's using you as a foundation for your generation. Come on here. You are being lowered and demoted. Anybody been demoted? Anybody once had and don't have anymore? God is saying I want you to get to a place where you become so low you are the foundation for future trajectory. But in other words, the lowest you are is the lowest your future will ever be. You are the foundation for the generational where God is shooting you by the time you're done being low you will be the lowest of your children, children and children's children when they speak of your name you're the foundation you see anything that's on the ground and low has to be seen as a foundation notice how strong you are but you're low. Notice how much power you've got, but you're low. It's because you're a foundation. And he says, the lower you are, the stronger your foundation. I told you, tapping these two, it sounds like tap in. Oh God, the greatest place where we tap in is when we're low. You see, I can do a lot here. I can do, I can give him glory here. But some of us, we've been in such a low place. Come on here. We've been threatened to be put out of our homes. Come on, you've been in housing court more times than you can count. You've been on food stamps. You've been on everything. But there's a desperation that even this low can't do. There's another low. 
there is another place in God that I can only do nothing from here but tap in tap in this too I've got to tap in and the more I tap in the lower I get the stronger my foundation and every time I think about getting up, I'm reminded of the bills that's still there. Which means by the time I get up, I'll have an answer. By the time I get up, I'll have some contentment. Because my low gave me an adjustment. It gave me an adjustment that wouldn't have been exposed if I wasn't low. Somebody say get low. Somebody say get low. 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 You you still trying to mathematically equate the position that you're in. Uh-uh. There's no mathematical equation for this. The only thing I can do is get low. The only thing I can do is get on my face. The only thing I can do is seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these other, other, other things shall be added unto me. Somebody sell get low. Started from the bottom. But you gotta start at the bottom. Your struggle is an indication that you're low. He says, I know how to be a base. I know how to be low. I've adjusted to being low. Because in being low, you don't see what's happening. You ever been so low? You ever been so tapped in? I'm, I'm a preacher's word, tapping these two. You got to tap in. You ever been so low that you kind of forgot the struggle you was in? And you get up with such a refreshing, you get up with such an ease. Let me help you. That's your contentment. It's not that the struggle is about to end. Let me be, I'm sorry. It's just, it's going to be here for a while. But you have an inner peace. You have a balance. You have contentment. Because you know how to be low. Was stripped. I know what that feels like. And he says, I know how to abound. <clears throat> I know how to abound. Uh, the word for abound in Greek is perisuin. Perisuin. It is, sounds like pursue. It means to exceed a fixed number or measure, to be over and above. A certain measure or, 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 excuse me, a certain number or measure. Let me read it again. Uh, pursuing is to exceed a fixed number or measure. So to be abound doesn't always mean I have overflow. 
It simply means uh, whatever is fixed for me, I know how to go above and beyond. I wish, uh, uh, where, 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 uh, where are my uh, motivators? Some of us uh, are so wired, we don't do what's standard. Uh, we're not settled with the status quo. Uh, we're not okay uh, with the average. We know how to go above. Uh, oh God, that's where that, uh, uh, what's the word? Perisuian. We know how to pursue. The Bible says as the deer panted after the water. You've got to understand that because it's a constant pursuance. It's a constant going after. You can pursue so much you don't even know that you've met the mark. They call them overachievers. I know how to be a bound but I know how to overachieve. But in everywhere and in all things, I have learned, adjusted, both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I have learned both to be full and to be hungry. We understand that. Being full and being hungry. Pursuing and being content. Both to, here's what caught me off guard, both to abound and to suffer need. Not both to abound and to be abased. Both to abound and to suffer need. Abound appears twice in this one soliloquy. Abased was, taught, was mentioned one time. Abound, he had to mention that again. In other words, I've had more good days than I've had bad days. In all of this that I'm telling y'all about, you Philippians, I've had more days where I was abased than, excuse me, abound than when I was abased. I've had more times when I was head and shoulders above the rest than when I was in a low state. And let me help you today, God, uh, excuse me, Crown Ministries. God wants me to tell you, you have more days on top of your game than you suffer a deficit. You have more day, as much as you're going through, as much as you're dealing with, as much contentment as you need to have, let me help you. You will have more days on top than you will at the bottom. Somebody shout amen if you receive that. And lastly, tells them all that. I've, I've learned how to be about, learned how to suffer need. I learned how to, I've learned the balance of life. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. This has been misconstrued because we take this, and though we can apply it, we take this as anything, I can do all things through Christ. There, there, was, a, um, <laughs> there was a weightlifter who had um, on his T-shirt, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, which is great. But the interpretation is not for you to get strength for that physical activity. The interpretation is not for you to just get strength for anything. The interpretation is because I've learned how to abound and how to abase because I've learned how to balance when I'm low and when I'm head and shoulders now I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. It's not what I'm going to do that gives me strength. It's what I've been 
It's what I've endured. It's what I've suffered. It's what I've balanced. Let me preach to somebody in here. You are going from not enough to more than enough. Not because you've all of a sudden got the wits and the smarts. Because now, because you've learned how to suffer and you've learned how to overachieve, you can do all things. You can do all things. Somebody say, check out my resume. Check it out, check it out, check it out. I've got a long history of failure. I've got a long list of failing. I've got a long list of not enough. I've got an entire resume that'll please the devil. But he meant it for evil. God meant it for good. Because now, hey man, I can do all things. All all a man or woman with balance is somebody you need to fear because they're even kill they are even kill nothing throws them off they have a sure footing whether it's good they can adjust themselves back to center whether it's bad they can adjust themselves back to center. It doesn't matter. In all things, I can make the proper adjustment. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, I would love for you to do two things. One, subscribe to our show so you can receive notification of our most recent messages. Also, if this message has impacted you, you can click the link in the description and you can give now. We'll connect with you next time on Crown Ministries Podcast.